Welcome to the Artificially Unintelligent Podcast, where we, William and Nicolai, discuss research and how one can apply AI in real life. We are your unintelligent hosts and hope to spark your interest in AI. So please sit back, enjoy a good cup of coffee or other beverage of your choice, and let's dive right in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Artificially Unintelligent Podcast. My name is William, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Nikolai. How's it going, Nico? Hey, I'm good. What about you? All good here. I'm excited for this talk. This uh, this week, we're planning to do an exclusive content week on NVIDIA, everyone's hyped con- company at the moment. Uh, yeah. What are, you, what are your feelings about this? I'm also quite hyped. Nervous about else. looking into CUDA. <laughs> But I think like what we are seeing with NVIDIA right now will be the trend in the future. It might simmer down a little bit, but in general, I think NVIDIA will stay on top for the foreseeable future. It's funny because I was having a brief discussion with ChatGPT the other day. And a couple like a week ago, we did this episode on companies that are flying under the radar, basically. And I asked ChatGPT what it thinks of companies like that are flying under the radar and it has only the knowledge until 2021. So it was mentioning NVIDIA as a company that is not under so much media attention at this moment in 2021. In 2021, I think everyone was hyped about blockchain and financial investments and NFTs and so on. But at this point, in the end of 2023, NVIDIA is on everyone's lips, I would say. Yeah, yeah, completely. And rightfully, I think NVIDIA in the last years have been riding every single technological wave that's been out there and has been positioning itself really well near every opportunity, first in gaming, then in crypto, and now in all of the AI hype cycle. In every iteration, they were like the main provider of GPUs for that cycle. So obviously they have made a lot of good strategic moves, but what are, if you were even to go back to the basics, what do you think is their key to success here? Yeah. So I listened to the Acquired episode about NVIDIA, which is really good, and the interview series with the CEO. And the NVIDIA concept is like positions themselves near the opportunity. He said like, near the tree. So even if you don't catch the apple before it hits the ground, you can be the first to pick it up. And it's related to another concept they mentioned, which is more, they want to be building markets. So going into markets, which are $0 at the moment, rather than going into markets, which are like $10 billion. So they really wanted to be among the first movers and the first makers in any new development. So in terms of if you were to relate this to reinforcement learning, where you have, for example, the explore versus exploit uh, paradigm, they are more on the explore side and try to find, yeah, uncharted waters, basically, when it comes to this. I think NVIDIA is actually able to do both. I think if they are looking at new markets, new developments, and trying something out, they are really heavy on only exploring. And in like, uncharted territories and but once they found something they are masterful at exploiting it as well and really scaling it up quickly and rapidly iterating i think this also plays on their role as a quality over cost reduction company 
to me, they produce like the most expensive chips out there that you know, when you pay for an RTX 4090, you pay quite a hefty price. You, know, you get quality basically. And it's a bit the same thing with, I, you, know, you could relate this to maybe companies like Apple that will come out with their iPhones that are really expensive, but the design is usually on point. And, and so I like this kind of mindset. Uh, of course, there are companies that do it the other way. They focus on cost reduction, but do amazing products nevertheless. But it's also interesting to see this sort of strategy in companies. Yeah. And maybe let's start there in the hardware stuff, which is what NVIDIA is most known for, especially now the latest generation of chips, which is the A100 and the H100. And the A100 is like the current status quo on which all of the larger models are trained, which is like the fastest chip out there. And what we are seeing right now, they're pretty, like many startups invest their initial capital if they're looking into training new models just on A100s and just building a GPU cluster consisting of A100s to train the models to be even to think about competing with the large companies like Facebook, uh, OpenAI, Google, and whatever. And also what's quite interesting is like the AI sphere is aligning its cycles to the hardware cycles of NVIDIA. So Facebook and OpenAI is waiting to train the next generation of models on the release and delivery of the newest generation of chips on the H100s because they expect it to be more efficient and faster. What do you think is, do you think this is also the strategic thinking of OpenAI when they want to roll out new ChatGPT models? They come, they say they want to come with a new version, the 4.5 and the 5.0 every sort of six months. Do you think this is because of hardware requirements, basically? No, it will be slightly slower, I think. Because chip cycles, NVIDIA announced they are moving from a two-year cycle to a one-year cycle now. And I think we will see that the large model providers also will start to think in a one-year cycle and do like updates of the model in between. And But these updates will run on the same hardware they had in the previous cycle where they just do like additional fine tuning or in the last generation, what we see with OpenAI adding the code interpreter which gave it like a huge boost, which is like the GPT 4.5, the unofficial one. And for the really new model where they retrain a bunch of stuff, I think we will, they will go to a one year cycle when they get the new GPUs from NVIDIA. Yeah. So the A100 is the one that people have been benchmarking LLMs on for the last couple of years. And now you also have the H100, just a short tangent on GPUs in general compared to CPUs. Um, these are. I think that GPUs are mainly used for sequential tasks, kind of calculation and logical processes and so on, while GPUs are amazing at parallelizing sort of calculations and tasks. And this is what you need usually when you run neural networks and process data through them. Yeah. An additional point on the, like how it works or like how the supply chain is. NVIDIA isn't actually producing the chips, uh, the GPUs. This is done by TSMC. And most other chip companies you know of are also not producing the chips, uh, but they're only designing them. And what NVIDIA is actually known for is like really well-designed chips, which are heavily simulated 
and then first put into production. And that's why these cycles are actually so wrong because so many different players have to synchronize directions. First, there are new developments in the, for the production lines, new developments in lasers, for example, and then NVIDIA can start to, for the new technological capabilities, can start to design new generations of chips, which are designed, simulated, tested, then probably a first production run for testing-wise before it's really scaled up in production. And this is actually what's happening right now. So NVIDIA already announced their new chips, which is called the GH200, which is like their next-gen super chip for training large models. And this one should launch sometime next year and like probably end of 2024. And it's really interesting to see how, from an outsider perspective, it's been seamless transition for NVIDIA. Probably there has been a l massive investments into this sort of field here, but they went from gaming, where they still are a huge player, they're producing all these GPUs for great visualization and 3D rendering and whatever you have. Um, but now they're kind of the catalyst or the accelerator of AI development, focusing on GPU development just so that you can run all of these sort of processes. And as I said, from an outside perspective, it seems like this transition has been seamless. Yeah. And what gives NVIDIA such power in comparison to the marketplace, I think, is especially not just they are the leader in hardware, but most often they are also the leader in software. Uh, and that's not just like CUDA, which will be the next episode we will doing, so we will save that for later. But also additional libraries, for example, the Transformer RT, Tensor RT library for working with large language models and making them more efficient. But also now the AI Workbench, which is basically a toolkit for developers to create, test, customized large language models, and then deploy them to data centers and but also PCs where you have an NVIDIA GPU, which makes it quite easy to work with. And they are really in a good position to just explore different sort of fields. We also get into uh, autonomous driving, where they are really scaling up their efforts to become a massive player when it comes to their, I think it's a platform called NVIDIA Drive, basically. They want to capture the data from uh, the vehicles and also in real time, basically provide the like the most suitable action for the vehicle itself. And I'm not really sure how their labeling is, what techniques are working, but basically they want fast edge devices that can process as much data as possible. And this is a perfect example in uh, autonomous driving, basically what you need out there. Yeah. And in the last year, especially, I think if you look at the stock price, I think it went up after in, in one year to date, like nearly 200%, which is quite unheard of, especially for such a large company with such a large market capitalization. And it even surpassed Google for a while. I'm not sure how it's looking right now, but this was especially due to, it was in the news so often because everyone is using them for training. So they were always associated with like OpenAI, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, but also the export bans to China, which propelled them even further into the news and into the limelight, um, which is quite interesting. But also the performance, like with all the companies now buying AI chips to train their own models, 
it's it's crazy for such a large company to have like their revenue growing for 170%, like over 100% nearly year after year, while their gross margin, so basically how much profit they're taking is still improving. So they're even bettering their cost basis, which is crazy to me. Yeah. And this is, of course, just a reaction that we do to what they have to their market value and so on. So no financial advice at all, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, they have just been doing a lot of things right the last, I would say, five, five years and been flying under the radar until what, 2022, 2023. Uh, And now you see the reaction to this. Yeah. And I think the expert ban is also worth highlighting because this shows even like the speed of NVIDIA a little bit because the NVIDIA and AMD got ordered by the US to not export the A100 and H100 chips to China uh, because they were fearful of China replicating the large language models, which actually there were quite a few research papers. They just take longer to train basically, but they still would be able to train them even with like slower chips. And now you're seeing like the reaction because NVIDIA created like additional chips, the A100 and H100 chips, which fell below the technical requirements outlined in the export ban, which were then exported to China. And now the US came back and actually prevented them from exporting them as well, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what the reaction from both sides will be here because as you say they're such an integral part of ai development and right now everyone is just focusing on this so i guess over the next couple of years we'll see what this like what this will become like but yeah we're back to maybe their ai and software development what area to you sticks out and what are you most interested when it comes to their new portfolio of tools that they are or maybe you're interested in like the, you know, just the gaming that they've been a part of for so long. So for me, it's like gaming is not that interesting to me. Not an area I'm really deep into, but it's like it's tangentially related at least to augmented reality and virtual reality, which might be quite interesting. But I'm not sure whether NVIDIA will be the biggest player there because I'm not sure what will be the dominant way to use gpus whether they will have to be on the edge or whether you will have the communication to a edge server nearby which will run the processing and especially for ar glasses where the latency has to be quite low i would say it would have to run on the edge device itself where probably a company we highlighted last time broadcom is probably the bigger player um, for edge devices but with nvidia one never knows Otherwise, for me, probably what I would be more interested in is first autonomous driving, because I think NVIDIA has a market position where it can position itself very well to all of the bigger automotive companies, especially the German ones like BMW, VW, and position themselves as the hardware and software provider because NVIDIA started to have a cloud offering as well, especially for GPU processing. And where they store the data processes and train the models for them, which will give NVIDIA a huge boost. And I also think it will drive the industry forward massively because if the German manufacturers decide to come together 
they will have so much training data that they should be able to train the most advanced models for autonomous driving. And I think NVIDIA could be a catalyst to cause them to come together. It is a bit of a tricky situation that the OEMs in the automotive sector are in because it's a big discussion like who owns data that is produced. The second tier suppliers are usually not the ones who have it, but at the same time, you have these operating system providers such as Amazon, Google, um, yeah, Android, whatever, whatever your car runs on, basically, they can capture most of the data themselves. And let's say your car, I think Volvo, for example, they are currently integrating Android as an operating system in their vehicle. And then it's like, okay, who owns the data and where is the data transported to afterwards? Does Volvo actually have any of their, can they capture any of the data themselves? Or yeah, how do you do that? And their NVIDIA maybe needs to secure some sort of position, like how do they want to capture and utilize the data themselves and not compete with the other ones? Because they don't have necessarily the operating system themselves, just the hardware pieces. But yeah, that's up for discussion, I suppose. Yeah. What about you? I like their general simulation tools and also their focus on synthetic data generation. I think this is also plays a part in autonomous driving because they do have a simulation tool. I forgot the name of it right now, but based kind of generating data themselves. I also think they have a new platform for 3D rendering of like avatars and also toward gaming when you need to maybe generate new sort of characters in real time just to make sure that the storyline plays out well and just, uh, yeah, just enrich the moments in gaming experience and so on. So I, uh, and for these things, you need like these sort of good GPUs that can create these visual elements really quick and i think they are in a yeah very good position there as well to be honest is there any sort of tool that you have been utilizing from nvidia that you can speak to besides cuda so i'm waiting for my admission to ai workbench i still didn't get in i actually want to give it a spin Otherwise, I tried out a bunch of the libraries, um, especially around the transformer ones. And so Tensor RT, LLM, um, which is quite nice to work with. But I think it's more for production environments and especially for production environments at scale. That's why I tried it out. I worked with it a little bit, but it's, I don't really have it deployed. But they're actually quite nice. And I, actually, what I also want to try out is the Triton Inference Server by NVIDIA, which is also more on the deployment side for Leisure. In terms of education, NVIDIA actually has their own deep learning institute, which like where you can find courses that are actually free, but also some pay, pay to do, I think between 30 to 90 US dollars or something like that. Uh, but they have really cool courses such as introduction to CUDA and GPU acceleration and so on running deep neural nets. So I can Definitely recommend these. These are really good tools out there if you want to get more familiar with the tools that NVIDIA provides. What I'm really excited for is their robotics platform and also how they can... I think they're actually trying to simulate environments in which you can develop like, yeah, develop robotics yourself uh, using AI tools. And I suppose this is 
artificially generated environment where you get to know like how to use different sort of edge devices and deploy them on different sort of hardware. But I think they have new courses coming out if it's not in October, but in November. But yeah, people should keep up to date with this because I think robotics will be, personally, I'm very excited for this field. And I do think that we will see more and more robots out in the world in the coming decade or 2030s, something like that. Yeah, perfect. Were there any other parts here that we missed? I think we have, yeah, is there any other area? Maybe we can speak to new areas and strategic planning from NVIDIA side from here on. What, what do you think they will focus on in the next five to 10 years? Five to 10 years, that's always such a hard forecasting. You, you can know. split it down maybe if you want to say over the next two, three years. To me personally, I think they will just focus on producing as many GPUs as possible to fuel this LLM hype at this moment and generative yeah. AI. So I'm actually thinking, I hope they go more into edge computing and especially like in glasses, phones and on laptops and also in IoT devices, because I think there isn't a clear dominant player in that domain besides like Broadcom probably. And the second area would be for me, autonomous driving. Yeah, two different ones, but definitely something that they already heavily invested in. I would, I wonder if they will do something with optimizing CPU or compute device architecture, maybe using some sort of 3D printing technique so that they can produce them themselves for any sort of use case, let's say AR, VR glasses, something like that, where you need different, so maybe a different architecture on your device. Maybe they go into this area, but yeah, as I said, I'm very hyped about the robotics field. So I hope that they continue that development there. Yeah. I think with that, we Perfect. put a pin in it and we'll come back with CUDA next time, which is their very integral part when you want to run something on their GPU. So everyone should stay tuned and uh, listen to our upcoming episodes if you like what NVIDIA does. And until then, have a good day and we'll see you soon. See you soon.